0: All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Joe Danier podcast, and this is going to be a little bit different. This is the first instructional or more of a informational type of podcast, and I've done zero preparation for it. I'm going to do everything off the fly. So what you hear me say is how is it how it has uh, come into my mind. So the deal is that early on, um, we all figured out when we played athletics in, in school that a fair amount of conditioning and practice was required to be able to get good at stuff. There's the repetition. And even in academics, it made a lot of sense that if you wanted to get better at stuff, you had to do it, do it badly, have somebody that can give you information, and then practice it until you get better at it, right? But other portions of our lives, we sort of don't adopt that philosophy and use it to develop other things in practice we usually just do what we know and if it's done badly we just scathe by and 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 are able to proceed into the next day even though it was not as good as it could be so one of those things and i'll slow down for a minute one of those things was my memory so you know everybody has a certain capacity when you're born and you were you you learn to sort of live with whatever you got But as you get into more complicated portions of your life, you realize that that capacity sometimes isn't quite enough. So I really wanted to do two things. I I hated being sick, so I wanted to practice and develop my immune system, which I've talked about in the past. And the other one is I wanted to improve my memory. And so what I did was I created a whole lot of very proprietary, very working for the way that I am uh, and I don't necessarily think any of the information I give you can be uniformly applied, but the theories and the principles could probably be, be applied. And then, then all of you in the listening audience uh, who, who choose and say, yeah, I'd like to improve my memory. You can kind of get to know yourself, get to know how your brain actually functions. And, and the best part is kind of look around at your decision making and how your body and mind respond And then once you cue in on something that's happening naturally, then you leverage it. You use it. So, for instance, if in the middle of the night my wife woke up and said, "Hey, I I I need something. It's emergency. We run to the store," and I would jump out up out of bed for her and and get her something. That's a tendency that I take care of my wife and I have respect for her in that way. Now, if I had the same. thought for myself, I would talk myself out of wanting to go. So I knew that if I want myself, if I want to do something, I'm more likely to do it on behalf of another person. If I'm doing it for myself, I likely not do it or be as eager to do it as I am serving another individual. So as 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 soon as you know that about yourself, then you could start to use that information. So the one thing that I did was I wanted to be able to remember things. And I am not a memorizer. All throughout at school, you can give me dates and times and cities and people. And short term, yeah, I might be able to remember them for the sitting. But there, without any practical application, there was no way I could cram that in into my mind. I just struggled a great deal. But there were some uber familiar things that my brain would latch on I was, you know, I, I had some stuff that um, you know, that came easy to me. So I use that. So for instance, I learned early on about a memory castle. And if you pause this video and go out and see what memory castle, this is actually a real thing. And it's a real philosophy. What I'm going to describe is my version of it and what works for me. So what I could remember are there certain things from my childhood that I latched onto. So for instance, um, in this case, I had four rooms in my house and I could remember really specific details. If I were to walk into those places, I can almost picture certain things that my mind remembers. I'm like, okay, well, my brain wants to remember these four rooms anyhow. And so what I did was I started attaching things and practicing attaching things that things were already logical and already were, you know, already inside those memories. And I started, the first practice was I'm going to assign a color to each one of those rooms. So room one, and I went write down the rainbow order. So if I ever forgot what it, a color I attached, I made it, it totally logical. So I went room one was red, right? Then orange and yellow, then green, right? Those are my four rooms. And all those rooms then had a, a red one. So I practiced walking in my mind into the room and picturing red walls. And then I walked into the second room and I picture orange walls and I walked into the third room and I pictured, yellow walls and so on and so forth until I've just rehearsed me in my mind walking in through the three rooms or I'm sorry the four rooms and their colors so then what I started doing is I started placing items in these rooms and one of the practices my son and I said what do you want to bet that I can give you a series of 16 random digits of numbers and we can figure out a way not to memorize it but to find a way to figure it out because we can remember certain objects better than others. So if I said, uh, you know, let's say 23, right? 23, maybe the first two digits of the number. So I'd have to translate that. And I would say in room one, which is red, I'm going to put Michael Jordan bobblehead and Michael Jordan bobblehead is red. And so it makes sense to go in the first room And it translates down to the number 23. So I can always say the first – I can remember Michael Jordan equating to 23 easier than I could just remember 23 on its own. So then I would practice Michael Jordan being the first person in that room, and I would move on to the second room. And I would pick the second set of digits, like let's just say um, seven, right, so I'd take seven and I'd have to translate an item that reminded me of a seven. So let's just say I picked a uh, a lucky rabbit's foot Then I put a lucky rabbit's foot in number two and I would rehearse Michael Jordan's in the first one, the red room. And then the lucky rabbit's foot is in the second room, which is the orange room. And I would just keep, as I'm adding these different things, I would keep being able to say, okay, well, I walked in this first room. First digit is 23. Second digit is seven. And then through the... Walking back and forth into the different colored rooms, discovering different types of items, we were able to put together a full 16 digits in order, uh, easy to remember without having to remember the actual digits. And so that's where the Memory Castle... Sort of uh, really started. I mean, I knew it existed and I used it sometimes to remember short term things, but I didn't use it for very complicated things until we did the 16 digit. Then I knew that I can keep pushing the number of rooms and the numbers of the number of colors and the number. And, and so if you think about it, sort of like when you use Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel, And you create macros. Macros make your life easier because all macros are are a series of smaller steps that you design and then you just basically put them end to end. And the net aggregate of doing those things equals whatever you wanted to do, which in this case would be remembering some kind of some kind of outcome. But you can translate physical things into the rooms. You can do numbers into the rooms. You can do letters into the rooms. You can do people in the rooms. And once you rehearse your brain uh, to take abstract compartmentalization and use it to be able to use memory, now you're really not using memory, right? You're basically setting breadcrumbs up to you so you discover a memory you you basically do what uh if someone were doing hypnosis and trying to traverse the parts of your brain to unearth some things out of your subconscious to tell you what you want to remember it's sort of doing that on purpose where you're setting the sort of like an infrastructure or roads or you know telephone lines so that when you look to remember something it's not like pulling it out of the ether of your mind, right? It's actually constructing it and, and wandering through a process that helps you unearth the details of what it is that you wanted to remember. The, the more time you put into rehearsal of your memory castle, the more details you put in there, right? The, the more complicated things you can lay around there. So that's the practice uh, that I want you to try out. And the only reason I discovered this is because, of, you know, had I known this when I was young and if I would have believed that was even a thing, Um, I could have been rehearsing this when I was 20, right? And life would have been easier. Now, I'm not saying if anybody would have even told me that I wouldn't have mocked the Memory Castle Is why would you even need something like that? Because my brain worked pretty good back then. Uh, My life was not very complicated back then. I was able to say, I'll remember to call you and just called you because what other stuff was competing for that same memory space is, is, uh, you know, it, it wasn't very much, but... I'm looking to take some of the nuggets that I use most often and letting know maybe people that are um, you know still coming up or or have never heard any of this stuff to dive into it now this is just talking about memory, but you got to think like there are a thousand other methods of development in other areas where you look to achieve some kind of health. Health just isn't in the physical sense where you feel you're not, the lack of sickness is not what health is. Health is a pursuit where you're constantly trying to outrun and outmaneuver decay. Because if you don't pay attention to something, it decays. And if you don't look at it long enough, it gets to the point where you do have unhealth. So having a process where you're always visiting areas that you don't need to, adding strength to those areas so that you don't have illness or unhealth is a lifelong pursuit. It never stops. And like I said, you could have told me that when I was young that I had to do certain things. And all of those truisms that the old timers used to sit around and say, hey, you're back, relationships or whatever – It was rooted in the failures or the the decay that you'd only notice after they're gone. I mean, one of of the most profound deals are when, you know, I have pretty much, I'm barely ever sick. sick, barely ever like have colds or respiratory problems. Because of my diet and, and every, all my supplements and every, my exercises and everything that I do. But every once in a while, I'll get some kind of respiratory infection. And what irks me is that I can't go running, right? Even if I wanted to. I couldn't go outside and run because my lung capacity wouldn't support me running around the block or running around, you know, uh, a couple miles. And uh, I'm, I'm a little annoyed that even if I wanted to, I wouldn't. But, or, or I couldn't. But then you get healthy, and you look at how many days that you could have totally run because you had perfect health that you pass on those times. So you have your two frames of mind. If you can't do it, you want to. And if you could do it, you think it's infinity, and you don't take and capitalize on it. And that's one of the things that... You know, with age, you start seeing that these resources are all finite, but you can invest the same kind of philosophy in what about finances? Well, you have to practice certain things that nobody's going to tell you. Nobody's going to oversee you. You have the total freedoms to make all the great decisions or all the bad decisions that you want. And it's through those practices and gathering information that works best for you. Financial coaching and teaching is probably pretty hard because everybody is on a different path. So teach uh, the best I can do in that philo- uh, with that would teach you the philosophy and then you have to take the philosophy and fill in how it works for you because my tendencies and your tendencies might be complete opposite. So that's, that's sort of like the, the premise of the day is once you get done with your memory – there's like a hundred other avenues that you can apply this to. And you can segment your day when you're exercising. And I did air quotes there even though you can't see me. When you're exercising, you're going to pick probably where you're hemorrhaging the worst. I would say go after the places that are hurting you the most. So let's just say you're late all the time or your your, your body or mind's a chaos or even your environments are a chaos. See what's affecting you, ill-affecting you the most, and then shore this up with exercises and practices in that department. Cause a lot of times these are a death of a thousand cuts. So you start shoring those things up and making those things better. And once you get a little bit of financial health, that kind of parlays and makes the health in other departments a little bit easier. Or maybe you're out of time and you're always scrounging, you know, you're always uh, making the excuse that there's not enough time to do anything you want. Well, once you start freeing up some time, that opens up opportunities that weren't there before. Because you're you're some of those components, and I hate to cliche you to death, but you're the sum of those components. It isn't until you get a thousand of those cuts do you realize you're in bad shape and it's going to take you a thousand cuts in the other direction to get you back in a shape where you're, you know, you're a little bit more nimble, you could have have more options and you know you can do more things so that's the uh, uh the, re- the sort of like connected portion of what I'm trying to uh throw down for you is that uh you know start with it might not be memory, and it might not be money. Whatever it is for you, uh, think of yourself as a student, and you're early on, and what you had to do to get good at something. You 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 walk up a two of the first time, and you suck at it, and it's the worst feeling in the world. Because nobody, I don't care if you're young or old, nobody likes to feel stupid or inadequate. It's embarrassing, and nobody wants to deal with that. So a lot of us only stick to the status quo because it means that if we get into new some into something new, it means we're going to feel and be reminded that we're not good at that thing and sometimes it's it's enough to keep us from developing in those areas. So I'm telling you you pick it on your terms the things that you think are most are hurt or hurting you the most and then start the practice of you know figuring out what people other people are doing. Go find proof of concept when people have financial troubles, what are they doing and pick up on some of the philosophies. Don't you know join the call, we don't just do things because somebody else is doing it unless you can figure out how it actually applies. My previous advice, if you want to uh, you know become a, a marathon runner, do everything a marathon runner, that's mindless and blind. Right. So I'm not saying that if you're if you're engaging all the intelligent elements of your life that matter, you don't want to take the unintelligent approach. But that's a proof to you that if you do it, it's the sort of like the maxim is that if you do all those things, it's almost like you don't have a choice but to become. So if you do all the things and the components of becoming a thing. Then it does. It can't disagree with you that you will become that thing. That that's what you should garner out of that. But that's not a practice. A practice isn't blind following. It is intelligent application of philosophy. Uh, take some other strategies and throw it down in your life. But uh, main concern is that a lot of you aren't doing any kind of maturing or development. You've given up. You've stopped maturing, and you're just hitting the status quo. And that is the quickest path to your death, is to stop moving and stop developing and growing. Um, I don't think I'll ever stop growing. I w- I'm so curious about everything, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say I don't know. So I'm in a constant pursuit of knowing more every single day, and I really like when somebody calls me out and uh, you know brings some new information to light because it causes me to get inspired in a new direction. So that's it for today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again tomorrow. This is the Joe Danier Podcast.